Why do you want two audio streams? Because to make editing easier because I'm an asshole who interrupts people all the time. <laughs> right? Uh, sometimes I think a lot of it is, is like, a, we don't sync up 100%, but we talk over each other a lot. <laughs> and, like, it's got it's gotten to the point where I think either of us does this, where we will keep going if we hear the other person interrupting. <laughs> because we'll just, like, I need to finish my point and they will repeat themselves. <laughs> Yeah, cause if I don't fin, if I don't, if I don't finish eating this, I'm not gonna remember to. Yes, precisely. The problem that I have apparently, in in when I'm recording in person with a physical human being, mm-hmm. is that I can tell when they have something to say, right? Uh huh. So I start speeding up so that I can finish my thought faster. <laughs> so I'm talking at like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> That's such a mistake for podcasting. Welcome to Direct Video VHS. A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. Today we're going to be talking about Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. Um, Chosen specifically because I was tired of movies that were just mean to their female characters. Mm -hmm. And... For all of its faults, this movie is pretty okay to its female characters. I, you know, I have, I have one big problem with this movie. It's uh, the, and we'll get to it's, it. It's that it's extremely on the nose with its storytelling. No, actually, it's I was that pretty... if you're making a fairy movie to get little girls interested, you can't put a little girl who's just interested in fairies. What are you doing? Before, <laughs> Sorry. Before we, no, I, I think it's, I think it's genius though, right? Because. Okay, but it's the worst one we've seen. I I don't think that's true. This is, I think, my favorite Tinkerbell movie. Okay, did you not watch the last one? It was hilarious. There was a bug who just fucks right off in this movie. (laughs) I I think this movie... Also, Terrence fucks right off, which is maybe my favorite part. Because he just leaves, and then just comes back at the end like, hey, you did it. It's like, fuck you, Terrence. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? I To be fair, it's probably because they couldn't afford Jesse McCartney for more than four lines. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go play other love interest type characters. Yeah, listen, I it's, I don't know, man, it's 2010. He's He hasn't been famous for a while. I don't know, again, when your dad's Paul McCartney, I guess you don't have to do anything, right? Like, I mean, yeah, sure, maybe. I don't know. I want to talk a bit about the director of this movie. This movie was directed by a man named Bradley Raymond, who I've never heard of. Except we have, actually. Oh, except you did Lion King one and a half. And Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. <laughs> and Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. And really weirdly to me, Planes. Oh no, he yeah. was additional crew on. No, no. He was he he did yeah, he didn't direct planes, but he did direct the other two. Uh the other three movies, right? Which is and also the original Tinkerbell movie. Hmm. Um So this is like this is like his project. This guy this guy I think lived in this space for a bit. But the thing is, is that he did a short after this and then hasn't done anything else directorial in like ten years. Yeah, but directors, sometimes it's really weird with directors.
directors. Mm-hmm. Because like you'll see you'll see directors who have like three movies they've directed and then mm-hmm. they are like listed as something else on other movies. And it's like, why did this happen? The crazy thing for me is that like for most of these Disney tune and even Disney style movies, mm-hmm. directors are kind of shifted in and out because it's usually just a lead animator, right? Yeah, that's fair. And then, like, but he was stuck on, but he was on all the first three Tinkerbell movies. But even just looking at his, like, additional crew credits, he did senior creative work and consulting, but that was all back in 2014. So this guy's still kind of been out of the game for a while. And he also wrote both Tinkerbell and The Great Fairy Rescue. He wrote these movies, too. So he's the one to blame for the fact that she is literally born. In the first one. This, man, this mic is better than my other mic. I can't get too close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... I, I disagree, man. I'm, like, right up in mine. I'm, like, swallowing it every time I record. I gotta um, be, like, it's too good. I gotta be, like, over here, like, arm's length. <laughs> it's one of those things, right, where it's, like, I'm sure that writing a Disney movie for what is what is ostensibly, like, an accidentally hot Disney property, right? Because it's got famous off of those books. Right, I doubt he actually came up with any of the ideas and he just took bits from the books that worked and assembled them into a film, right? That's a good point. Because I, what we haven't done is we haven't launched our spinoff series, Read Along with Andy and Tony, as we read the Tinkerbell. <laughs> as we read the Tinkerbell books, uh, which I, I are probably fine. I don't know. I mean, they're probably pretty middle grade, so it, it'd be easy to get through them, but annoying to have to read them. Sort of like watching one of the Tinkerbell movies. I I find that I don't think I've I don't think I've ever read a book adapted from a film that was good. That is fair. You could probably make an argument for some of like the Star Wars or Star Trek books, but like at that point, I know you could not. Hey, listen, them. nah. Uh, anybody who like reads, I think all all of those. Now I don't know. I've heard that some of them are good, but it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, right you they would be good because they managed because they got like a good writer who had a story to tell and could fit han solo in it you know like or even better couldn't fit han solo into it and then they just made up a character who was han solo in all but name but that makes it bad again right but that's and this is the problem that i have with like star wars books and star trek books is that either you get the problem where it's just it's just and like it's just kind of like an amateur writer trying to do his best under corporate oversight or you get like a big shot sci-fi writer who hasn't had a good idea in 20 years so he's just gonna write the same book again i might cut this out <laughs> that's fine that was this isn't even what i want to talk about right sorry you, you've never you've never read a good book based on a movie. on a movie property yeah right. um and i've read a lot of movie novelizations to my shame why the only one worth reading is Ryan North reviews the novelization of Back to the Future. Which is amazing. And kind of the best you can hope for, right? <laughs> we'll never know why that book is what it is. That one, that one's the one that starts with everything exploding. Yeah, it's like a, an intense description of a nuclear blast. Of a nuclear blast. And everybody's like skin radiates off and stuff. Ah, amazing. That's so, my concept shit. Anyway, what were we talking about? Tinker, uh, sorry, I wrote Tonkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue in my notes. That's terrible. Tonkerbell. We start the movie with a pretty gorgeous illustration, right? 
point. I mean, this is the weakness of the Tinkerbell movies. Is they have the gorgeous illustrations, and then they're like, "Now let's show you our three D renders." And you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, um, yeah, we... okay, I guess." Well, they're playing in a space here because in this movie you have like one illustration, maybe three, maybe five illustrations that were done by adults, but mm-hmm. then all of the other illustrations are literally done by children. Oh, that's actually great. I never noticed that. And when I saw those illustrations, my first thought was, "Those are really good." child drawings Mm -hmm. and then as we kept seeing all of them i was like shit i bet they got actual children to draw this because no fairies yeah like because no adult anytime an adult tries to draw like a child it looks it looks bad it doesn't have the confidence that child children have when they draw Mm -hmm. um and but these look really good and like 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 children did it so i was like well i like waited through the whole credits to see like if they if 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 they did and sure enough a very special thanks um to all of these kids who actually did these drawings and i i think it's one of those things where it's kind of genius that they have a little girl character who is super into these fairies with these very Mm -hmm. real child drawings because now it's like i have a feeling that this movie which came out two years after the original is is the movie that is like aimed at babies they that that is doing the job of like okay we have like a new generation of of girls that we need to like appeal to okay i can i can buy this so god what happens in this movie hell's god what this movie is a mess we start off with the fairies flying to a grove and it turns out that they're going to the human world for the whole summer for the whole summer for some for some reason this was not in in, i I look back at my old notes and i am still (laughs) confused by exactly how the season changing bureaucracy works because before they didn't have to stay there they just had to be there for the day they they change the seasons yes yeah right like if i if i ask somebody to come in and change my door they don't have to stay here the entire time i'm using that door (laughs) that'd be weird yeah, and I mean, there's other stuff that's that's weird too. Like in the in the first movie, they painted all the bugs on the island, and then and sent then them sent out to the mainland. Right. But now they don't do that anymore. They're they're doing it on the mainland. Somebody <laughs> must have pitched that it would be a good idea to just do it there. And of course, this ends up spoilers oh actually no the little girl says this is the beginning and of course this ends up ruining the whole idea of secrecy between fairies and humans so we run into this problem well first first let's talk about this they land on this glen this outdoor glen mm-hmm. and Tinker bell's like damn i can't believe we're gonna get a camp outside to which terrence says no 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 <laughs> we fairies can't be out in this outdoor glen we have to go to our secret outdoor glen. Yes, it is still outdoors as far as I can tell. Well, maybe a little more covered. Maybe, maybe, but there's still, like, hey, if there is still sunlight, nah, you're not, what are you doing? I think they're just under a tree. Here's what gets me about this secondary outdoor glen, is Tinkerbell's reaction to it. It's like, oh! <gasps> Oh, it's just like home. And it's like, yeah, it is. Which is uninteresting, actually. I know what Fairy Hollow looks like. And it's it's better if you're just at Fairy Hollow, in my mind, at least. Well, it doesn't make sense, because what's the point, then, of having an entire secret floating island, you know, <laughs> out, you know, turn uh, right at the Northern Star or whatever the hell, if you could just hang out in the human world anyway? Sorry, second start of the fight. 
I don't. I don't know. I could. It's, it's, I legitimately could not remember. It's. <laughs> yeah, it's just the fairies are secret because they don't do this, and so right? like there were bits of that that like that kind of irritates me. But also, you have to let a certain amount slide in these movies. I feel like the other movie had a quote legend that was basically just a treasure map like they told tinkerbell exactly where to go to find a magic treasure that apparently nobody looked for before i don't know if you've ever seen jojo's bizarre adventure tony i have not ever seen jojo's bizarre adventure tony there's a moment in the show where a character remembers a prophecy about his death and then he flashes back and the prophecy is the man describing exactly what is happening that means Right, but the thing is, is that that's not a prophecy, right? It's not. It's not a legend if it's directions. It's not a prophecy if it's exact. The whole you gotta point, have a little wiggle room. Yeah, exactly. The whole point is that things can be misinterpreted, right? Like we right. don't know because it's been so long, or because it's so mysterious. Like whatever your reason is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it, the lore of the Tinkerbell doesn't matter. But it, it's wild that we're in the third movie and already we're treating it like it's fucking putty. Like, hey, the lore of Tinkerbell doesn't matter, but she for sure tells that little girl all fairy lore. So I mean, like, it's weird that they do choose stuff. Some stuff is definitely canon, and some stuff is like, eh, whatever. It's just something we said one time. Yeah, we we said it. We, we you know we don't have to stick. Hey, do you think somebody walked in and was like, hey, we can use this as a chance to get rid of the whole uh, Tinkerbell being born thing? And he was like, I no. mean, they showed it on camera. Like, Yeah, exactly. You can't get around that. We watched the the like golden energy of this baby's first laugh turn into a fairy. Yeah, we did watch that. We, we find out that Tinkerbell has tinkered herself out of a job, kind of. Yeah, and, and I like that as a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly think that they did, like, an amazing thing with it, but I like no. that her problem is, like, I'm so good at building stuff that nobody needs my help anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's kind of hard to get into world-ending trouble when there's no status quo to break, right? That's fair. They should have given her another magic orb <laughs> so she could get mad at it. So they could just make another one. <laughs> Well, it's one of those things, right, where it's like we, we've run into the problem where the whole point of Tinkerbell's character in the first two movies was that she was an outsider, but now she's an insider. Mm-hmm. So so there's no So what tension. do we do with this? Yeah. Well, we give her to a little girl. Now she's an outsider again. Congratulations. And now the movie is actually about how being small is scary. How being small. This movie more, I think, than any of the other movies really, really like plays with the idea of, honey, I shrunk the kids, right? Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear why. It's because it's the first time they're with humans, and suddenly the world is bigger than them. Before, everything was just on their size. It didn't matter that when she fixed the um, the music box, it was at her size. It was still hers, and she put it together. But like when you have to deal with stuff like cars, or like the rain, when they're trying to deal with this rain, and they're the like, rain. we're wet, and we can't fly now. It's like, Jesus, guys, this sucks. I, 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 the rain thing kind of threw me for a loop because it doesn't make sense. It there are a couple sense. reasons it doesn't make sense and a couple reasons it kind of does. Yeah, it's one of those things where they really, I think they, they just, they overplayed their hand with the lore in the first movie. They just, they set up too many goddamn rules. Right. So, so they're in this Glen and Tinkerbell has discovered cars. So th- this is a huge problem with this movie, which is that we have this whole cast of fairies, right? These Power Rangers of fairies. There's too many of them. 
there's too many of them. The movie agrees that there's too many of them because the only person Tinkerbell is allowed to hang out with is Vidya. Who does not like her. But their interactions are great, though. Some of my favorite bits were just Tinkerbell and Vidya because Vidya doesn't like Tinkerbell. Or maybe she kind of does. But she's also just ornery and also kind of just even if she likes Tinkerbell, hates Tinkerbell, you know? (laughs) The, the relationship between these two characters is very much like, really does feel like two roommates who are just on slightly different wavelengths, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite part was when Tinkerbell was picking up the buttons and giving them to video. Yes. And she was just lazily dropping them behind her. It's oh, fantastic. Amazing. It's such a good There were moment. not enough of the, what I think are the best parts of this movie, is the like weirdly good jokes. Yes. There were a couple really good, like, hilarious moments, but there were way more in the other two, I felt like. I, I do think that it's part of the part of the reason why is because the last two, Tinkerbell gets to hang out with people she can talk to. Right. And and in this one, most of those jokes are relegated to this weird odyssey the other characters are going on. I do enjoy their odyssey, too. I, it's great. I was watching this with my girlfriend, Chaney, and she was like, so is this movie not going to be about Tinkerbell because she was the one that was captured? And it turns out, no. But I but I was looking at it and thinking, maybe, because maybe they realize they have all these characters that they've never used before because they introduce them in the first movie and don't do anything with them in the second movie. And here's what I mean when I say that this movie is a mess, right? A better movie would have picked one. Yeah. Right? Or maybe if it was a TV show, you'd have like, an arc right like a four episode arc and then one of the episodes would have been about like tinkerbell's perspective right right or you could have maybe an a plot and a couple of b plots but the thing is every fairy except for vidya is kind of one note in this movie because they're kind of just hanging out with each other enjoying hanging out with each other trying to save tinkerbell you know dealing with the problems but it's just like we're the good guys and vidya has some moments of because she's because she's kind of a jerk, has some moments of, like, good characterization. And similarly, Bobble and Clank, who are the the two the two male characters who fix stuff. The two male characters who have no chance of, of being a romantic interest for anyone. No, absolutely not. Except maybe each other. Um, you know, honestly, yeah, they, 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 get, they have a real, like, bros for life vibe. They got kind of a Timon and Pumbaa thing going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Platonic life partners. Yeah, they're the they're the comic relief, which is why they get a little bit more characterization. It is still wild to me that they were in this movie at all, but it it, it was nice to see them. I genuinely yeah, thought that I was I, see I was them after surprised, the first movie. but it was a pleasant surprise. You know, uh, I wanted more of Cheese because one of the best lines in the series was when they introduced Cheese. I say it must be his name. He always comes running when we say it. Yeah, amazing. That that mouse, and I don't I don't think it was intentional, but that mouse every time the two times it was on screen looks so old and so tired, <laughs> like it's like it's been like it's like it's like it's reaching the end of its little mouse life. Ugh. It's like oh I can't keep up I can't keep up with these young youngins anymore. I'm too old of a mouse. So Tinkerbell and Vidya are looking at this car, and Tinkerbell is is so into like figuring out how this car works and really pissing off Vidya, who's like we're not supposed to be seen by humans. Get away from the human stuff. Get away from the- stop touching human shit. And then they end up, because this is where they introduce the concept, Tinkerbell empties a bunch of water on Vidya's head, so now they have to walk back to the fairies instead of flying. Yeah, 
I thought it was oil for a second. I was like, oh my god. Me too. I was, I was like, is that antifreeze? What's happening? But it was just some water. I don't know. I don't know a lot about cars. I'm like 90% sure that there's too much simultaneously too much missing from this car and too much stuff on this car that didn't exist yet. It's interesting. <laughs> like, there's some stuff that I'm like, yeah, I could see that that would sure. Uh, and there's some stuff where I'm like, I don't, I don't know, guys. It's I just the whole undercarriage of that car is metal. I don't think you can have just a battery hanging out touching all that shit. But also, maybe I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they built some janky ass cars back in the they, day. Tr- trust me, they built some janky ass cars back in the day, man. Like fifteen miles an hour, and you felt like you were gonna die. So we 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 kind of sort of meet this dad and this child here, but not really. Right. We we are introduced to them as concepts, basically as plot points. Which is, she is a child. He is the dad. There is no mom. Like right. boom, we we we're done. When they start leaving, right? Because Vidya is covered in the water, and they start leaving. Tink flies next to her for like a good number of paces and i was like that's messed up you can't do yeah. that that's a little rude uh i was a little disappointed that that tinkerbell was in her classic outfit instead of her explorer type outfit yeah i mean they they kept some of the elements of the explorer type outfit in it that more, like her, her outfit looks more leaf based yeah yeah but they they definitely I do wish that they kept kept the pants. Yeah, there's only one fairy allowed to wear pants anymore, and it's Vidya. Yo, I legitimately wrote that in my notes. Why is Vidya the only one allowed to wear suit pants? <laughs> it's because it's the only way you can show how she has a mean streak. It's because she's wearing dark pants. I, I I bet if this I bet if these characters were designed like 30 years early, where she she would have had like a really sharp shoulder uh, blazer, right? <laughs> She would have looked like she would have looked like skulls. They start walking, and Tinkerbell gets distracted by this house that the little girl put out. That is a fairy house, like you might see in a backyard of you know little girls. They're like, cool, a fairy could live here in theory. This child nails the scale, despite having never seen a fairy. That's a good point. All the fairies are pretty much exactly what you imagine them to be in this world. So. I don't know. I always, in my mind, thought fairies would be more like butter butterfly sized. Mm, right? Yeah, but they're like I don't know, like half a foot. Tinkerbell's like half a foot tall. Yeah. Well, because in 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 my cultural touchstone for what a fairy should be, which is the Legend of Zelda, they're just lights. That's fair. Maybe palm of your hand size. Much yeah. Zelda. Well, because because even in Peter Pan, or she's pretty giant. Tall. Fairies are actually the size of humans. In Peter Pan, she goes through a keyhole right yeah like that's pretty small that's yeah pretty i had i guess i hadn't realized until this movie how much they uh how much they added to tinkerbell physically when they now, now she definitely can't fit through that keyhole no mm. she'll like reach an arm through and she'll try to she'll try to turn the lock as well she'll she'll reach an arm through and then she'll still look back at her butt and be like damn butt's too big though like what <laughs> oh no she keeps that <laughs> <laughs> there is one shot in this movie that's a little too horny for me <laughs> and and it's like they snuck it in there and i was like whoa but then they like play it off and i was like now you can't do that um, i do not think i remember this shot it's when she's in the bathtub oh <laughs> yeah then it's revealed that she's just sitting in a in the bathtub fully clean yeah it's not a real bathtub yeah i get that 
Yeah, so she gets so she goes into this little house and it's like, oh cool, it's like a little house me sized. It's a me sized house. And Vika's like, Tigerbell, what the fuck are you doing? Vidya cannot be cool can't cannot be cool for like three seconds. No, she tries to scare Tinkerbell off by making a big gust of wind. Tinkerbell's like <laughs> How often do you think Vidya has done this trick by this point? All the time. Nobody else is in on her please is in on this. Like Tinkerbell's like, yeah, okay, Vidya, but everybody else would be like I mean, could you imagine Silvermist? She'd be like, Oh my god, what just happened? Yeah, right. All the other fairies would have been like, Oh god, Tinkerbell's trapped, and Tinkerbell's like, nah. Yeah. So Vidya does that, which turns out to actually uh, slam the door so hard that it can't be easily opened again. And the little girl comes out and finds Tinkerbell. They actually, finally, finally, they introduce the bell thing, which, like, the fact that fairies speak in, like, a little jingle bell. In, like, a little jingle, which I enjoyed, um, because the, the important thing about these movies is they literally give Tinkerbell a voice, but... I also like the idea that, like, yeah, she can't talk to humans. Her language is bell sounds. You got, yeah, you gotta, you gotta figure that shit out. This little girl is jumping ahead, but she is amazing at charades. This, this child makes logical leaps that even fucking Sherlock Holmes would have difficulty doing. She figures out so quickly that Tinkerbell was born when a baby laughed. I'm sorry, how do you mind that? I, right, exactly. Like, t- she gets, what is it? She gets baby laugh, baby's first laugh, and then immediately the rest of the idea. <laughs> so we, we, we kind of get to meet a little bit more of her, her relationship with her father, who is a ologist of some kind. Yeah, he seems to, he wants to work at a museum. This would be around the time that, uh, I don't know, when was Darwin? Like, around the time yeah. that, like, the, the British Museum was, like, collecting samples of things. Because they're like, oh my god, we can classify every single animal in the world. And they were, like, really, really excited about this. And there was this, this big move in, in like, biology sciences. Mm-hmm. And that's just what this guy is. I mean, the thing that he seems to do most is study butterflies. He, this man has, like, a museum for lack of a better word, of pinned up butterflies. And like, Vidya sees this and is like, oh no, I have sent Tinkerbell to, to the die. Fairy, to like the fairy equivalent of like the most worst possible death you could imagine. She's like, oh my God. And she has to like fly off and get help. I love, I do love it though, right? Because even his daughter has like, like starts looking around the room like, oh God. Well, okay, so, so he gets... They find, his daughter finds, and he, and he captures this butterfly whose one wing is painted all weird because the fairy's messed up. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, this is this might be like a new species or a new evolution in this species. And so he gets it. And when she brings Tinkerbell in the, in the house, into the room, she's so excited to show off this fairy and he's and he's talking about, yeah, I know that you don't like that I have to kill it, but it's the way we study it and we need to do it so that we can better understand it. And she's sitting here with a fairy, a tiny human in her hands, and she's like, okay, and she like leaps. <laughs> Absolutely like she looks all over the walls and is like, he's gonna pin a fairy to the walls. He's gonna he, kill he's gonna stab this tiny person. And he is. I mean no, he, so I, I want to talk a little bit about this guy because this man, I I hate this man's character design because he acts like he has a mustache, <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 
you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, okay, yeah. We have a peak. This this we have peak single dad here. Super shitty. Doesn't actually give a shit about his child. He should look like okay. the dad from Inside Out. Okay, wait. Now this is what bothered me about this movie. He took his daughter out to this little cottage so yeah. that they could spend time together. Oh, was, this motherfucker. There was, sorry, there was clearly no other reason for this than so that they could spend time together because if he wanted to be close to work, he would be in London where they obviously live. Yeah. And it really bothered me that that was happening and also that I was supposed to believe that he was um, constantly ignoring her. It's like, it was, it was really hard for me to be like, to like reconcile those two things in my head, especially because part of the reason he ignores her for a lot of the movie is because the house is dripping so badly that there's going to be like rot everywhere. He's he afraid that this it. house is going to fall apart. Right. Now he doesn't do the intelligent thing, which is go up to the attic and find the leak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does wait until it has leaked through the other floors of the house, but whatever. I'm not saying he's a genius. I just, it's one of those things where I get what the movie's trying to do, which is they're trying to get, like, they're trying to do the whole, like, like he's an overworked single dad who wants to spend more time with his kids, but just keeps prioritizing. They're trying to make him Robin Williams from, like, five different Robin Williams movies, right? That's fair. Do you know what I kept comparing it to in my head is Elf. Yeah. He's very, he feels very much like he's supposed to be the dad from Elf. And because there is a fucking Christmas episode storyline <laughs> in this movie. Like, that's what yeah. it is. It's like, you have to believe and science doesn't matter. And it's like, okay, I, I get that for Santa. This is my problem with this movie, by the way. Is it's the not fucking... true about, like, how the world works. I, I really do not like, there's a moment in this movie where Tinkerbell is explaining how fairies work and, and the little girl's like, I always thought that the seasons changed because of the Earth's rotation on its axis or uh, the, mm -hmm. the angle of the Earth's axis. And Tinkerbell's like, well, that's just what we want you to think. Like, where is this fucking QAnon bullshit coming from? Like, I don't need it in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so weird. And then, like, she, Tinkerbell's explanations could revolutionize how we understand and see the world but we're also supposed to understand that this scientist threw them all aside because he loves his daughter and it's like you can love your daughter and still better understand the world like it's like <laughs> yeah you could be a good scientist and also love your daughter Right. I, now, I can't prove this because I don't, I can't, <laughs> I, off the top of my head, I don't know any scientists who also love their children. <laughs> I have to imagine, right, that there are kids who are watching this movie and they're like, nah, my dad would never. Oh, fuck me. Sorry. Tony, I just found out that there's an upcoming Peter Pan live action movie. Well, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Well, well and we sure will burn it. Uh, what is happening in this movie? Uh, oh, right, the cat. There's a cat. That's cat. what you need to know. Tinkerbell ends up in a cage to protect her from the cat. This, I do love this fat cat. It looks like it's it was taken cat. from Cinderella, though. Mm -hmm. He's He was a very evil-coated cat. So the cat chases... Uh, I was about to say Cinderella. Tinkerbell into the <laughs> cage, and then Jigsaw shows up. 
I do not get this joke that you've made. J- Jigsaw from Saw. She's trapped in a cage. Saw, the movie's Saw. You know, the ma- the most interesting character that the McElroys have ever devised? Right. No, but but nobody shows up, right? Like, you're not... No, nobody <laughs> shows up. It's just... She, 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 this little girl immediately lets her out of the cage, which is yeah, wild to which me. Which is it's like, all right, whatever. Well, I think they need to establish that the little girl is not going to keep her captive. Even though it's a hundred percent what a little girl would do, little girls well, that's, suck. That's the thing, right? And it's little like boys, the, like all all children suck children to a certain extent. If you like, give them a little animal, they'll be like, "Yeah, this is mine." It really puts this girl's age under. Like this girl's got to be what eleven? I don't know. That's a good question. But because like and like while we're talking about it, this little girl's gonna grow up to be a very depressed adult. Like. <laughs> As a person who spent my entire childhood drawing the same thing and being obsessed with one thing, you gotta have other interests. By the end of this movie, this kid realizes that fairies are real, and that's not gonna end well for them. Yep. Because this child's gonna grow up, right? Like this mm-hmm. child doesn't get to get to be a get to hang out with fairies forever, like other children. You're trying to bum me out, man? What's this about? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the thing that kept bothering me, right? Is like this is the thing that bothers me about all these Tinkerbell movies is that they all happen before Peter Pan. Right. Like if what you say is true <laughs> that this movie takes place about when like Darwin was doing his shit. By the time Peter Pan comes around in the 1900s, this woman's like in her 40s. I need to I need to pause and remind you that and I hate that I remember this at the end of the first movie Wendy is name dropped. Oh God! Now that doesn't make any sense. No, if you think about it at all. I guess it could be a different Wendy. <laughs> it could be. You know, Wendy's a pretty popular name. Anyway, yeah, it's a bummer. This little girl has this magical adventure, and then this is just gonna end. Sucks. So she lets Tinkerbell out. Meanwhile, Via is back, and she's like, "Oh my God, Tinkerbell got captured, and it's not my fault." Oh, also, she had this really great flying through the rain thing. Oh, I loved it. The like trying to dodge the raindrops. Yeah, because she's so fast because she's like a swift wind fairy or whatever they call her. And then she gets, bam, slammed by a raindrop and smacks to the ground. Yeah. It felt like very like I've seen punches that look like they hurt less than that. (laughs) For sure. It felt very physical in the way that I liked. Anyway, she ends up she ends up back with those fairies. She's like, oh, my God, everybody help. And the um, the other tinkers are like, all right, let's build a boat. Because there's too much rain, so they gotta build a boat. So they build a boat. And which leads to the, in my opinion, best part of the movie, which is when all the fairies are on a boat. They're just on this odyssey. This literal odyssey. Just trying to save Tinkerbell. They're probably going, the great thing about it in my head is they're probably going about a mile. Like they're, (laughs) yeah. They're not far away from that. Not even. No, because remember, you can see the tree from the house. That's like three blocks at least. (laughs) You're like, this is too far. It's so small. All the roads are rivers. We can't fly. I never watched the other Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. All I remember is there was this one bit where their dad's going to eat them. And I'm sure that woke a lot of people up to some weird stuff. (laughs) But like, I have to imagine that like, you could really go somewhere with those movies if like, you know, oh, honey, I shrunk the kids again and I left them at the park. (laughs) <laughs> like damn that's a long ways away when you're tiny no it's i i i quite like it. it is the the best parts of this movie are the like these fairies have to deal with the fact that they are small like when they like what like the waterfall 
Oh, yeah. Where they had the whole boat almost tips over the waterfall. Little, little bobble is dangling off the side. Or is he Clank? I can't remember. Swallow's um, dangling off the side. I think he's Clank. And they gotta fix it. They're all like yelling out all the nautical terms they know. It's great. It's fantastic. Meanwhile, Tinkerbell and this little girl, once Tinkerbell realizes she can't leave the house because of the rain, she decides to go buddy-buddy with this little girl and ends up teaching her everything about fairies? The whole the whole shebang. She lets out the whole omelet. Now, the way that earlier movies talked about humans made it feel like, well, you can't tell anyone the secret. <sighs> Right? This movie says you can't tell anyone the secret. Tinkerbell says that's what we wanted you to think, which presumes that you're not supposed to tell anyone anything different. Like, Tinkerbell, and I'm gonna put it as lightly as I can here, shits the bed. She gives away the whole cow, man. She doesn't even get, like, creatively interrogated, right? Like, she just... She tells this kid everything. And this kid is like... I'm going to write this down because I'm going to be a scientist like my dad, um, because he wants to instill in her the idea of scientific thinking, which, again, is a little bit villainized. And I, I just again, Yeah, no, for sure. It's wild because the whole reason this little girl is so inquisitive and asks questions is because that's what she sees her dad do all the time. But that's a bad thing. Right. Also, her dad has a book that's filled with nothing but rocks. He does. He's so excited to share these rocks with his kids. I don't know about you, but I was kind of excited to look at those rocks. I was like, damn, those are some really good drawings of rocks, actually. He was showing off this this book of rocks to his little girl, and, and it was clearly supposed to be like, she's not going to be interested in this. I went to a beach today, Andy, and you know what kids love to do at the beach is find rocks. Shiny rocks. <laughs> like, Smooth kids rocks. do like rocks. <laughs> rocks are great. One of the best things that you can do for someone is just give them a rock. It doesn't even have to be a particularly fancy rock. It's just got to be a neat rock. We love it. But this but this kid only cares about fairies. Only cares about fairies. You're right. She has one interest and she she wears it well. Uh, the other thing, I'm going to say this one more time. And, I'm, and then I'm going to maybe try to stop harping on this whole like dad-daughter relationship that doesn't work in my mind. I mean, it's, it's the conceit of the movie, so. Well, the other thing is she has these fairy figurines and her wall is covered in fairy pictures she's got a like a conspiracy theory board of different types of fairies yeah the movie again expects me to believe that her dad never listens to her about fairies or like or like hates the idea of her believing in fairies but this is the first time they has come to a head and it's like, he definitely bought her those figurines. Right? Like, she didn't get those her. She didn't fucking sell matchsticks in the alley. There must have been a point where she was like, hey, dad, can you help me hang something on the wall? And he was like, sure. Oh, it's a picture of a fairy. Here and here. Why don't you take these tacks so you can hang your other ones? Like, come on. Like, this is how human interaction works. And the only thing that would have made sense is if her mom really liked fairies. And her mom's gone, but this is not mentioned, so. Yeah, her mom was, like, like Scottish and super into the, like, superstitions that, like, o- older um, Scottish people are kind of stereotyped as having. Sure. And get, and instilled in her this love of the supernatural, while her father, who's a scientist, is like, but also science. But also, hey, what about real things that you can see and taste? Like yeah. this rock. Like this rock. rock. It, ta- mm, it tastes salty. Probably a uh, bismuth. Is that a rock? Okay. <laughs> is that a rock? I mean, it, it, it is a rock, but I maybe would have guessed that it was salt. 
<laughs> it tastes a little salty, right? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. To me, salt doesn't taste a little salty. It tastes salty. Anyway, Tinkerbell tells her everything. And this little girl's going to show her dad. By the way, there's a there's a shot earlier of this room, right? When when they really start looking at all of her fairy shit. And I was like, damn, this room is like Primo going to get King Triton. <laughs> it, it, this is like the most... And it does in the most underwhelming way, honestly. She she does a better job of King Tritoning her room than her dad does. Yeah. Oh, she also has those giant butterfly wings hung above her door. Yeah, the, the takeaway is she did not do this herself. This is a little girl. Also, I thought they just bought this house. No, I think it must be their summer house or something. Oh, British people are wild. Two houses? What do you need two houses for? Uh, so you don't have to breathe in the air in London all the time, I think. We'll get to the air in London a little bit later in this movie. The Power Rangers. Well, here, here, wait, let me bookend this scene real quick, actually. Yeah. Because okay, she, sure. she goes to show her dad the scientific stuff that she has written down, and he he's too busy with the water thing. Oh, yeah, he's like putting mugs and cups everywhere like an idiot. Right, he's like, oh, this, I gotta stop this house from leaking. I can't listen to you right now. And Tinkerbell's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. That's it. That's the end of that scene. We we go back. We meet up with the, the other fairies who do have names. Yeah. I mean, there's Vidya and Silvermist and Iridessa and Rosetta and Fawn. All right. What? And Bobble one and Clank. Called Fawn? I don't know if one of them's called Fawn. Um, I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, one of them's called Fawn. What? Wild. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> All the other ones are named like so... I don't know. I guess I was like, it makes sense that video is kind of monosyllabic. The animal fairy. The animal fairy. I don't know. You would think that her, she would still be called like spotted fawn or something, right? Deer fawn. Something that's that's like has two words in it, like everyone else. Nope. It's it's fawn. It's just fawn. Just fawn. Just fawn. Wild. They're all marching along in silence, and eventually one of them, I forget who, is like, man, you know what would make this less quiet if Tinkerbell was here? And then they yeah. all start doing little bits. And Vidya is like, uh, this sucks because I feel guilty. And she confesses, and it's like, not a big deal at all. I, I kept waiting for this movie to have any amount of, like, tension. But it's got no tension. It's a pretty chill watch to the point where it is boring. But <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is honestly, it, it's one of those things where it's really is such a, like, a non-invasive film. Mm-hmm. I feel like at any other point in my life, it would have irritated me. But right now, it's kind of nice. It's a walk in the park. I mean, they literally walk in a park for a while, so. I just, I don't know. I really, maybe I just needed the low energy. It's also, this this movie's cut together weird because it's not clear how long it takes them to, I mean, it seems to take them a day, a full day to get to the house. Like, I think night passes because she stays up all night to fix the leaks. The leaks. My favorite Tinkerbell moment in this in this one is when the little girl wakes up and she's like, Tinkerbell, did you sleep? And Tinkerbell's like, no! She's, she, she gets manic sometimes. Yeah, she know, you know, a little bit. Talk about a manic pixie dream girl. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, because she has her confession and it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, that's fine. But also one of them straight up says, oh, this wasn't your fault. And it's like, no, it was very directly her fault. It, yeah, see, that's what bothered me a little bit about how understanding they were. It, it was her fault. 
One of them does say Tinkerbell would have gotten into trouble even without you, and that is fair. That but... is fair, but like it's one of those things, right? Like, listen, yes, had Avidia not been there, Tinkerbell probably would have done something worse, like driven a car into a driven horse. A... I was waiting for her to drive the car. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Uh, I was like, it's... I was convinced at the beginning of this movie that Tinkerbell was going to steal a car. I, it, I, I, again, surprised it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then one of them has this like galaxy brain logic of like, actually, it was a good thing you were there because you got to tell us that she was in trouble. It's like, what? That is that is a very galaxy brain take. And I do want to stress that like we they this movie really does cut between these two adventures. And it's always great because it's like Tinkerbell being like, I'm having fun raising this child, giving her <laughs> the guidance that she's always needed. And then it cuts to like, these like five fairies like trudging through the mud in the rain like they're fucking Vietnam vets. <laughs> How far are we? I don't know. It's great. Uh, so while Tinkerbell's trying to fix up, she 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 rigs up this whole like hose system to fix the the uh, leaks in the roof, which is it's weird. My favorite things about the Tinkerbell movies are when she's building stuff, right? And they they never quite let her live in that space long enough. Yeah. But it was a fun time when she was doing it here. Meanwhile, Vidya almost gets hit by a fucking car. <laughs> she, oh man, she <laughs> almost gets hit by this, like, this this real British looking dude. Uh, she's like, she like sinks down into the mud and everybody's trying to help her out. And this wheel is just shooting at her at such high speed. I, I would have, I would have died anyway. Right? Like, this wheel gets so close, I would have died just out of out of sheer acceptance. And and I think it's gotta be Iridessa, right? Because she's gotta be the light one. Yes, she yeah, Iridessa. That's Raven Simone. light at it. And that guy's like, whoa, what the hell happened? Stops the car, gets out of the car, and then they ride his shoelace. They ride his shoelace, and he, this man doesn't notice at all because he's just a big British dude, but also, I don't know, I've heard about how drivers acted back at the beginning of the era of driving, and he, he probably would have just Gatsby'd, like, whatever <laughs> child he assumed was on the road. That was a great reference that nobody who watched this movie would ever get. <laughs> I don't know. We watched it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually sure there are a lot of parents who have seen this movie many times because it's not terrible to be on in the background. I, I oh this is such an uninsulting film. I would have compared to like the other things that a kid could be watching. There's not even many. Mm-hmm. There's not. There's like one song in it, and it's not good enough that any kid would be obsessed about it. Right. So I I'd I'd, be, I'd put this movie on all the time. That's a good point. They finally make it to the house, but before that, uh, the dad who I don't even know what he was doing. I guess he was asleep. He'd gone to sleep. They both, everybody in the house had gone to sleep except for Tinkerbell, because we've established she stayed up all night. And I think he goes to check on the kid, and Tinkerbell's like, go show him your thing. Uh, But in the time that that happened, he went downstairs and found out that Tinkerbell had released the butterfly. But of course, he thinks it's the girl who released the butterfly. This this scene is the only scene between the f- the dad and the little girl that really works. That little girl mm-hmm. has a name, right? I have... It's Lizzie. Lizzie. Oh, her name's Elizabeth. That's right. That was really weird because that's my sister's name. Me too. So it's just odd hearing this British man just be like, Elizabeth. I'm like, that doesn't sound right in that <laughs> accent. 
I don't like it. This is a really good scene because what it is is he is mad at his daughter because because of what he would see as like a, a, a sort of child's like naivete. She has ruined his best chance to make good with the people at this museum. His mania at like this being his last shot or whatever. Yeah, like, I don't I, like. Are they gonna Milo thatch him? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, like what's happening? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what his what his whole deal is with this museum. Anyway, he is mad, but he's mad in like that kind of a scary way for a parent to be be mad when they're being reasonable. Where he's like, "I didn't do this. You must have did it." And then he's mad that she's like lying to him about it. And of course, she's not lying, and she can't tell him my fairy did it because that's crazy. And because she, she knows, knows it's a non-starter. Yeah. He is, like, clearly trying to be calm, even though this meant so much to him for some reason. This is, like, the most mustache dad he acts, and it <laughs> really... One of those things where I just don't... I don't understand why this man has no facial hair. He needs it. It really would have helped. Get across the kind of dad he is. And I don't want to shit on dads that have mustaches, but... It's a character design thing. Yeah, it's a character design choice. A clean-shaven dad to me is young parent, which means... Either parent who's cool or parent who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. And he doesn't exactly fit into either of those because this dude is not cool and he doesn't know what he's doing, but it's because it's supposed to be because he's too distant. Yeah. Which feels like an older parent problem. Exactly. I don't know if it is an actual older parent problem, but it feels like one. Just the character design is all wrong for how they have this guy acting. I love this scene. This interaction is really good. This, This little girl gets sent to her room tinkerbell in the wildest move honestly (laughs) decides that well this little girl wishes she was a fairy so i'm going to make her fly tink come on tink first of all now like before we even get started with this scene isn't that shit rationed (laughs) well yes but yes but she, because of her in the last movie, she created so much more pixie dust than they possibly needed. They have ten times the amount of pixie dust they've ever had before. Fine. So. That's, you know what? Fair. Maybe they got more. They got more. <laughs> they've industrialized it. They will never be short of pixie dust again. Tinkerbell has industrialized many things in a kind of questionable way. <laughs> incredibly questionable some would say in ways that haven't necessarily made things faster (laughs) (laughs) yeah the bees get painted though so yeah i guess that the bees are the bees are definitely moving along a lot faster so this little girl flies around the room and is like kicking off walls and stuff and her dad comes up and is like what the hell have you done to this room because she has knocked everything over and all over the floor and she breaks because little girls break I love this whole conceit because she is having an amazing time, Mm -hmm. which as a parent who has just like disciplined a child, I have to imagine is like, well, okay, all right, (laughs) clearly something, clearly something is happening that I'm not privy to because she should be miserable right now. Right. I'm miserable. (laughs) Yes, I just had to yell at my kid. I need to go yell at my kid. Obviously, this is. This is bad parenting 101. If your kid is having a great time and you don't want them to be, you just yell at them. <laughs> and he goes upstairs and he's like, you must have been throwing a temper tantrum because everything's on the floor. You're like, how did you get footprints on the ceiling? Like all this stuff. Now, 
this is really where this guy's whole science, like entire. Right, there should have been a moment where he was like, "Wait a second. Okay, wait. Maybe a minute. he thought she was throwing shoes. All right, you know what? That's fair. But you know, maybe she was climbing on the ceiling. I don't know. Well, no. That also, but also earlier, because at the same time that all of this is ha- at the same time that this dad is yelling at his kid for no reason. Mm-hmm. The 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 fairies have made it to the house and they're like sneaking in, um, mm-hmm. like solid snake style. But they run into the cat, this poor cat, <laughs> who was left out in the rain. So is is definitely more pissed than normal. He he was left out in the rain because he tried to eat Tinkerbell, and the little girl did not bring her cat back in. God, it's so messed up. It's been raining for a while. It's been raining all night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's like wet and angry, and he sees these little things that he wants to eat. And they're like, oh, shit. So they all die. This cat wants to eat these fairies so bad. He walks on floating plates. He does. Um, And again, this is the most exciting and entertaining parts of the movie when they uh, when it is these fairies trying not to die. (laughs) It's great. It's the best. It really it gave me it gave me flashbacks to that one scene in the first movie where they're being chased by the hawk. Yes, I could use more of that shit. Mm-hmm. Some Guardians of Gahul shit. Sure, but with less mind control and less World World War Two allegories. Yeah, you know, but uh, uh, and the prophecies were weird, but they had prophecies in this too. So I, I guess think, that's fine. I was gonna say, like, I don't think Zach. I think Zack Snyder also doesn't really know how prophecies work because he's got a couple in these in his DC movies, and they're just nonsense. They're not. They're not. Again, they're not prophecies because they're not mysterious. Well, so there's this chase with the cat. Oh, um, and they split up. And they they split up. Kristen Chenoweth and somebody else are going to use the catnip to to tame the cat. Tame, tame the cat, as you will. Right. And um, Vidya, and apparently only Vidya? I thought the others went with her, but whatever. Yeah, same, right? But it's just her. It, Vidya breaks it. off. She, like, treasure planets this fork uh, <laughs> away from the group. Yeah, she does. She, like, it's, like, pretty cool how she's surfing out this fork. And then she just drops it, and she follows the the dad upstairs. And we finally get the scene that I've been waiting for this whole movie, <laughs> which is this incredibly disappointing King Tritoning of this child room. Yeah, um, that was disappointing, but I really enjoyed, especially because one of the other fairies was making fun of Tinkerbell for the fact that she turns all red when she's mad. Yeah. And then, so Tinkerbell turns all red and starts, like, yelling at this... I guy. love this. I love this. I love watching a grown ass man be yelled at by the world's tiniest, reddest fairy and being <laughs> genuinely frightened by it. Yeah, he's like freaked out. There's like this tiny woman j- jingling in his face. And it's just like just ringing at him. And his little girl like sits him down and tells him about fairies. And for the first time, he, he like understands and believes it. And he does. Almost. He almost. He almost understands. <laughs> And then this dense mother, you and it's it's amazing because Vidya's watching him do it because she's like, I don't trust this bitch. Right. This motherfucker, while his daughter is explaining to him the wonder and the magic of what it's like to live in a in a place where things that are are supernatural can exist, grabs a is slowly reaching for a jar like he's fucking Jaws. <laughs> like I'm not listen. I'm not actually paying attention to my daughter. Because I'm going to kidnap this tiny person. Yeah. So Vidya tackles Tinkerbell and he ends up being Vidya instead. Doesn't even notice the difference because like how good of a look did he get at this fairy that was shooting it in his face? 
Um, and he's running off to the museum because now he's got the best thing to show to all the old guys in the museum, which is a tiny person that they can <laughs> a dissect. A tiny woman. <laughs> the title of this movie is Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. Mm-hmm. And I did not expect, first of all, I did not expect Tinkerbell to be kidnapped or fairy napped. Right. right. I did also did not expect the twist that is <laughs> now Phineas fairy nap. That the great fairy rescue was not, in fact, them trying to get Tinkerbell out of this child's house. <laughs> it was them trying to stop all of humanity from learning about fairies. But by that's the last this twenty man. minutes of the movie. Oh, it wouldn't it be <laughs> all right, little girl? I know you've never used a gun before. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking. This guy... We're gonna kill your dad. Michael Sheen cannot make me believe this guy. Obviously, it was wrong for him to grab that fairy from his daughter. And also, it's crazy for him to be like, I have to get here before 9 o'clock. Dude, you have a new species? A humanoid species? You can go there whenever the fuck you want. You want. That door is open. You can, go do, you, can get, you can go in the middle of fucking lunch. Because the moment you pull out the tiny person, right? The world is your oyster. And, but, but honestly, what the moral of the story ends up being, and what I knew it was going to be, was that, like, you sometimes have to just believe in magic. And you can't do what he's doing, which is trying to understand the world around him. It's, the Tinkerbell movies consistently almost give a good lesson. <laughs> like, it, they're almost like, it's almost painful how much they, like, step off that sidewalk and into the bus of, like, giving a bad lesson, right? Like, right, it's... Like, the first one, which was clearly supposed to be about, like, recognizing your own talents and mm-hmm. feeling good about yourself even when other people maybe don't feel good about you. Yeah. Ended up being about, like, accept your station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have a lot in life. Don't try to draw a new one. Right, it's crazy. And they do they do something very similar here, which is, like, it's supposed to be about how this guy needs to, like, learn to accept his daughter as she is i think and to allow for this wonder in in his world but what it ends up being about is like science is garbage science (laughs) is bullshit and and actively makes you a bad person (laughs) actively like the the act of just believing in any form of like scientific theory principles theory yeah thank you well what's the what's the the science the the method right the method the scientific method makes you a bad person it just you're a bad person if you believe in the scientific method right if you try to rationalize the world and like how dare you test things <laughs> because a, a, an amazing movie right like a good movie would be about how rationalizing the world doesn't have to make it less beautiful and less magical mm-hmm. that's right because i mean you talk to you, you know you talk to actual scientists and botanists and people and their childlike wonder right of oozing bugs never leaves them it's why they're scientists uh people are gross the, right exactly and it's like we can't help we can't help what we're passionate about and what we find magical and what this movie should have been about is him realizing that maybe his daughter doesn't have the same interests that he does but that doesn't mean he should dismiss them that's fair but anyway uh they make the little girl fly to london this tiny this is tinkerbell's practice child soldier she's gonna get better at it i assume in later movies i mean she ends up with a with a good amount of them (laughs) with a whole squad of them they get their magic all over this girl they get their fairy dust all over her she can fly now because humans can fly in the rain which makes sense and also doesn't 
It doesn't. Be- it ma- so fairies can't fly in the rain because the water makes their wings wet. Because they have wings, but these wings are magic wings. They don't even touch their back. They're powered by fairy dust. But because I guess because humans don't have wings, and you just put a little bit of fairy dust on them, they're fine. Right. It is similar to, like, we were talking about how that balloon possibly worked. Yeah. <laughs> there, There is a cute touch here where the fairy dust, like, gives her little freckles. I really like that. I have one problem with London in this movie. What's your problem with London? It's not green enough. Okay, this is a weird hole. No, so this is a thing that is true. The pollution in the river, in the London River, what is it, the Thames? Yes. During this era was so bad that when it misted, the fog was green. I would like how sickly that would make it look. They they called it a pea super anytime it fogged. And so they're like, you can like look at paintings from that era. And that's why they always have this like green undertone. London is also gross, just like people. Listen, cities are gross. And the older the city is, the grosser it is. Cause that is true. But you know, you got, you got, you got to love them. That's where people are. So Tinkerbell gets not running in London. So she gets to speed ahead and break this guy's car, which, which that's the, that's the payoff for her staring at the car earlier. What am I better? She stole a car, but she gets to break it. You mentioned earlier the, the shot of the, the scene where Vidya is like trying to dodge the rain, right? Mm-hmm. The shot of Tinkerbell flying through this traffic chasing this car is so good. Yes, there are some shots in this movie that are just fantastic. Uh, and this is, this might be the best one. Just like her zipping in and out of the traffic. Almost running into the horse. Those horses look good. And Vidya, when she sees her, she's like, Tinkerbell, no, like, go away. (laughs) She's resigned herself to her lot in life, right? This is equivalent exchange. Which is, which is nice, because Vidya doesn't even like her that much. I was, I was gonna say, this really does feel like Vidya, I'm trying to remember, was Vidya ever actually a villain in any of these movies? Uh, not as such. She did cause Tinkerbell to... Oh, yeah, because of her, like, prank, Tinkerbell almost ruined spring. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She, like, ended up getting all the thistles charged into town or something. That was the first movie, right? Yeah, so she was, like, low-key villain. And, of course, in the next movie, she wasn't there because that was a Terrence movie. Uh, And Terrence gets to leave again in this movie. So so what we're saying, so so Tinkerbell can really only hang out with either Vidya or Terrence per movie. I am 100% expecting Terrence to be in the next movie and none of her other friends to be. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Terrence never showed up again. That would be amazing. Because you can't, you can't give Tinkerbell a love interest. You can't. Yeah, it's too weird. It did, it, it, hey, it is? Right, because she's gonna leave him for Peter <laughs> Pan. Who's Terrence but bigger? Anyway. Who's Ter- yeah, who's Terrence but, but big and a child? <laughs> so, she brings his car and this guy's just running to, God, to the museum. This, de- this desperate man. And his kid just, like, flies down out of the sky and is like, don't do this. Your daughter is an angel sent by God and he is displeased. (laughs) Basically, she's like, look at all these fairies who wanted me to come save their friend because they're human beings. You don't know this, but there are 50 fairy snipers pointing their guns at you (laughs) right now. I'm here to talk you down before the worst happens. I don't want to live in a world without a father. (laughs) But I will. <laughs> but I will. I've chosen a side. 
And if you open that door, you're choosing to be against me. <laughs> when he sees his daughter floating down to him like an angel, Michael Sheen's delivery of, huh? Is, <laughs> man, I don't know how he did it. He managed to capture the emotion that is, my daughter's floating at me. <laughs> Perfectly. It's really good. Well, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. This movie just doesn't give him anything to do, unfortunately. But that huh really stuck with me. I don't know why. Uh, so yeah, he, he lets Vidya out of the jar. And they fly home. And he's just, now he's just done a complete 180. He's like, yeah, this is, this is great. You know what I want to do? Vandalize Big Ben. Now Big Ben's going to be off by one minute forever. <laughs> uh, and then it cuts to uh, to the final scene, which is a tea party. A little tea party. Uh, Tinkerbell hears a train. And Vidya's like, no, absolutely not. Oh, and that, those things, that would kill Tinkerbell. Those things, those things are just, oof, pressurized steam is not a fun thing. I don't know if you've ever seen photos of trains that have exploded. They look like eldritch monsters. <laughs> and then uh, Boy Toy comes back in time for a witty one-liner. Yeah, that, that made me truly, truly appreciate how he was not here like i was that was just so fun to me it really reminded me what not a character he is what does he say to her it looks like you found something to fix after all and i was like fuck you terrence you weren't even yeah. here yeah dude like <laughs> there was a team of people who cared enough about tinkerbell to go save her and you were not part of that group you had to do it all to see terrence you missed so much we almost got hit by a car again <laughs> It happened twice. I, I have to imagine, right, the after action report that they have to give to the like queen of the fairies or whatever the hell of how this summer excursion went, because I, I don't think it went well. No, it went extremely poorly. And guess what? It's day two, maybe three. <laughs> like... We haven't we, summer hasn't even finished starting. This is why and this is why tinkerers aren't allowed off Neverland. Yeah, that's this is why this is obviously why. <laughs> The song that plays at the beginning of the movie starts playing here again, and I, I genuinely could not tell you anything about it because it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's deeply underwhelming. It's um, if you listen to the lyrics, it is on the nose. It is like it's it one is. of those songs, one of our favorite songs in this podcast that literally just talks about what's happening. What's happening on the screen? Yeah, it's some real fucking bad choices. <laughs> And it is somebody singing with an extreme either Scottish or Irish accent. And and that's just it. You know, you know, one of the fairy accents. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the fairy accents. It is wild that only one of the fairies is British. Yeah. Most of them are American. Oh, sorry, Scottish. God oof. Well. Technically they all live in America because that's where that's where Neverland is, but it doesn't matter and I'm Wait, not gonna what? bring it up. Oh again. god, that's right. Fuck. In 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 Tinkerbell canon, I believe Neverland is in like another magical world. But well, cause it, well, I mean, even in just like in Peter Pan, right? I guess I don't know. Neverland is kind of America coded because of the whole the Native bad because of the bad shit because of the bad shit. Yes. Um. In the original, it was very clearly like this isn't an island, like a like a regular island. The second start of the right thing; those are nautical directions. Yeah. Um. However, when they made the sequel, if you recall, they teleported Jane. <laughs> and we're like, no, it's magic now. Just it's magic deal. now. It's There's a fucking, uh, what's the Thor thing called? 
light bridge thing. Yeah, this is they 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 take the uh, I guess call it a light bridge. I can't. I'm sure it has a better the rainbow bridge or whatever. It's yeah, whatever that is in Norse. It's a it's a decent movie. I mean, I've seen worse movies for this. It's very um deeply boring but maybe mm-hmm. and that maybe that's just what i needed at this point in my life is just a little bit of boring it's, it's not insulting it's like whatever i liked it these movies the other movies were funnier yes i think the other movies were definitely more entertaining which is important to me is like the thing the well when you are watching a movie that's made for a little kid uh, yeah a baby yeah you're thinking mm, a kid is gonna want to like maybe like sit on their parents lap you know or like you put this on to distract the kid but the kid's like no sit over here with me and you're like well this will keep them quiet for an hour so i guess i'll just leave it on and then you have to sit and watch this movie and you want it to be you want it to have something for you an adult to watch you know i mean this movie has plenty for me (laughs) okay that's which is Lately, I've been trying to learn how to use Blender, which is a 3D modeling program. So I just kept looking at all these models and going, going, wow, that model looks great. Or, wow, that car model looks terrible. Those <laughs> textures are poorly applied. And it kind of just makes the whole thing look like it's rusted through. Oh, we didn't mention that during the tea party, that mouse looks like the mouse and the cat are both there. But this cat is like high off his rocker on cat <clears throat> and petting this mouse. And it looks like that mouse looks like he's going to die of stress. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they should have brought the mouse. That, what a supremely fucked up way to end your movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's not the best movie we've seen. It's but it's so far and above not the worst, especially recently. I'm kind of. It's one of those things where I kind of want to see the next one. I mean, absolutely, we are gonna watch Secret of the Wings. We have to. It's gonna be so great. Probably, <laughs> maybe. I can't imagine the wildness that's going to come out of whatever this poster is trying to tell me is happening. <gasps> Jody Benson is in it. What? She is Healing Fairy. <gasps> Unfortunately, Healing Fairy must not have a big... Uh... D- must must be must not be doing much. But still, that's fun. That is I, fun. I think I'm going to have fun with this one. Terrence is very low on the list, so I bet he gets yeah, one line... Like... I'm pretty excited to not see Terrence again. They got a James Bond in this movie. It's a great movie. Like, hey. I'm I'm very psyched for it. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you for listening to Direct to Video. VHS. VHS. I have been your host Tony Busto. I have been your host Andy Reyes. You can find me at Theaterbats on Twitter and at InspiredByTrueEvents.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore valens, and you can find my other podcast, uh, Time Honored Pictures, at timehonoredpictures.com. Recently, they watched a good movie, which blew me away. It was a big twist. We watched a movie that I, if I were I in a better mood, I'd probably call amazing. We, I'm not excited for this next one that we're going to watch sometime this week, which is going to be a Western. Oh, Western sounds a lot more palatable than... Well, then again, no, hmm. dude, <laughs> dude, my dude, no. <laughs> Sorry, it's just the World War One movie sounded really good and also bummed me the hell out. Oh, it's a, it's an incredibly. It wasn't a fun episode, but you know, it's 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 a hot. It's it's it made me happy that the journey has started because it's it means that the it the first one is not in fact the best. <laughs> <laughs> we can find we finally watch something better.
I want to give a quick shout out to a YouTube channel that my uh, my girlfriend found called Sideways. Uh, they did an amazing video called The Problem with Tarzan that I highly recommend. Ooh. Uh, because I like being right. So you sat down and watched Problem with Tarzan and you're like, oh, I see. So it was a perfect movie, except for the fact that they got... I can't finish this joke if I can't think of his name. Phil... <laughs> Phil Collins? Phil, is that they got Phil Collins to sing over it. No, I mean, no, I I, I don't think this, I, I hope that this, uh, this this man doesn't think that Tarzan is a good movie, but uh, I it, it feels nice to listen to somebody who actually knows things about music. <laughs> Tell me why I'm right. <laughs> because I don't know anything about music. Ah. Uh. He also has an amazing video about music and cats being bad, which is uh, topical. Oh my god. Andy made me watch Cats. And yeah. we didn't record it or anything. That was just no, for that us, was, I guess. That was just for fun. Yeah. Didn't you have fun? I had a real hard time with our setup. Yeah, we, we like, really need to nail down. I It's wild to me that that didn't work out. We need to really nail down how to make that work because I want to do it again um, with a better movie. Fingers crossed. Uh, Sonic 2. No, I'm, I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Next time we're going to watch Secret of the Wings. Do we have another thing? Uh, thank you to Lee Rosevere for Planet E off the album Trappist 1. Uh, rate us on iTunes, I guess. Yeah, give us those sweet five stars if you like this. Give us five stars if you don't like us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we, don't, we don't do anything to promote this. No, I'm super bad at that, and I have been forever. Same. No. Yeah, at the end of the day, we we really are doing this mostly because we really do kind of want to watch these movies. Don't tell them that. They don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we're done here. I like to think we're doing it to the, for the three people who care. I mean, I care. I listen to every episode when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> For, for uh, incredibly egotistic reasons. <laughs> I am the ghost of John Smith. I'm internet dead. We're doing a lot. I'm excited. There's a, there's a character called Sled, and I'm excited what that's about. <laughs> Is it a sled? Who knows? Is it a oh, talking sled? I mean, that would fit in. Sure, and I want him to look exactly like the pipe organ from fucking <laughs> disgusting CGI face slapped on a sled. Let's do it. Let's play in that space.